welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast, bringing you news and financial tips for doctors, dentists, teachers and lawyers. Hello, I'm Sarah Cooper, Customer Experience Manager, and welcome to the latest edition of the Wesleyan Podcast. I'm in the studio this week as I've dispatched our usual host, Neil Whelan, to the northeast to sit down with one of our retired dental customers, Alastair Robson. They talk about life as a dentist, progressing through his career and ultimately planning for retirement and beyond. Neil begins by asking Alistair how he got into dentistry and the conversation goes on from there. So let's have a listen. How I got into dentistry. Um, I went to boarding school and I was sitting wondering what course to apply for, um, filling out the university forms in 1972 and the housemaster came in, stuck his head around the door and literally said, apply for dentistry and I said to him well I'd rather be a vet and he scowled at me and he said apply for dentistry and that was it and I did. He was either a very stern teacher or you were a very obedient pupil. Uh, I was easily led at the time. Um, I didn't know anything about dentistry Um, and uh, to be honest we didn't have a regular dentist then my parents lived abroad and I went to boarding school in this country and it came as a complete surprise but I just filled it in that evening and sent it off and was offered a place. Where did you study? Newcastle. Yes, my grandparents and the family uh, basically uh, lived in Gateshead and um, so it just seemed logical to apply to Newcastle although I applied uh, to one university in Scotland three in London and Newcastle and I was I was offered places at them all but I just decided to stay in Newcastle. Very fortunate really. I, I honestly never thought about moving away from Newcastle. It's really odd but it was just something that happened. So when you qualified as a dentist, what was it like that first that first day in the first practice? When we qualified, um, again it's one of those things you think uh, where shall I work? And you haven't a real, you haven't really a clue. Um, I think the majority of our year applied to work as a house officer in the dental school um, for the first year, and I was lucky enough to be um, employed as a house officer. Um, I think there's something about safety in the in the area of where you qualify, and I noticed that most of the people in our year seem to qualify and practice within a striking distance of Newcastle University. Having completed that year, I then went and worked um, as um, what was then an associate um, for a local practice, again in Gateshead, and uh, worked for them for three years, then became a partner for about five years, and then bought out the practice I was in and became a principal and worked there for the next 33 years. Can you remember the first the person you gave a filling to? Um, I certainly do. Um, it was a very simple one because he only ever chose simple jobs <laughs> to do and it must have taken me all of three hours of which at least half an hour was working up the courage to put the injection in and it so it went on from there. That sort of filling now with a local and what you do um, would take you no more than five minutes but it took me a good three hours. I can't imagine the first time you got someone there on the chair with a mouth wide open and you've got your injection in one hand and the drill in the other 
It's like, how do I... You know all the theory, but it's that, that first real person. You are totally lost. I'll be honest with you, you are totally lost. And what makes it worse, everybody else in the year who doesn't have patience uh, is watching what you do, can see your hand shake, and boy, does it shake when the first one goes in. Um, but eventually you do get better and better. Gets easier, thank goodness. So you're now fully qualified, you've started work. When did you first come across Wesleyan, or as it was back then, the Medical Sickness Society? We were aware that uh, we needed some form of sickness cover. Nobody really explained anything to us, um, but the biggest player at that time was Medical Sickness. And they came round and they said they would look after us if we were ill and it was our duty to uh, cover ourselves in case we were off sick. And literally, I would think, uh, 45 out of 50 people um, signed up with medical sickness at the time. None of us realised really what we were doing. Um, And it stayed medical sickness uh, from what I can gather, what I can remember for about 8 or 10 years. And then... um, Yeah, so Wesleyan brought medical sickness in in the 80s or 90s, I think. And then it was called Wesleyan Medical Sickness. Right. But as I say, it's one of those organisations that doctors and dentists of a certain age will still mm. <laughs> will still call it medical, medical sickness. sickness. Yeah. Because we only associate it with, with you being off sick. Medical sickness really didn't visit their clients very often. And the first time I ever uh, knew what could be achieved or, or, or what they could do was literally when Wesleyan took over. When Wesleyan took over, um, it was honestly the first time I'd ever seen a representative. They came out and explained in simple language exactly what I was covered for and what I was not covered for. Um, they told me or advised me what I should do and it was the best thing that ever happened. So at that stage it was just about protection products for you? Yeah, yes. But eventually you met a financial consultant and it went further? It was. um, The financial consultant that I have, I believe, is the same one I've always dealt with, uh, which makes life much easier because he knows my background, he knows what makes me tick, um, and I trust him implicitly. Uh, It was was the best move that ever happened. So what other kind of things has he helped you with over the years? Initially, uh, it was school fee school fees plans for the for the children, which then progressed into um, university plans for the children. When um, I started running the practice, they came out and advised me what cover I needed in case I was off sick, and of course everything had um, appreciated by then. So I needed a lot more cover. They came out and spoke to the staff and explained to the um, non-professional staff um, that uh, they needed pensions and uh, what they needed to put in and we would put stuff in as well. Um, They spoke to the people I worked with, the, the associates at the time, explained that in fact they also needed cover in case they were off and they offered me products uh, to cover, uh, insurance to cover the practice. Um, They offered me um, 
ways to save money, uh, saving plans. They explained about the pensions. Um, it was the world had opened up in front of me compared to medical sickness. Was medical sickness was just about being sick. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had no idea that these products were available um, and that I could access them. I mean, as a business owner, as you were then, that kind of support must have been invaluable because it's all very well taking care of your own personal finances. But as a, you know, as a business owner and as a manager and as a colleague, you want to make sure that everyone else in that practice is looked after as well. So for them to come in and say, right, the nurses need a pension, this person needs a pension, the practice manager needs help here. It, it really it really was an eye-opener. They, they came in and they did the lunch and learn for the staff. Um, they ex explained everything to them. Um, most of the staff took up the pension scheme then because we started it long before it became mandatory. Um, spoke to the associates um, and it came as a surprise to them that, that they needed cover as well. Um, it, but from there... People took the house insurances out with them. I took the business insurance out with them. Um, they they were just uh, they just did everything for us. So you're retired now. Yes. How long have you been retired for? Uh, about two and a half years. Enjoying it? It's great. Good. It's it's absolutely great, and it is only great. And I'll honestly say this without a gun to my head: it is only great because of the financial planning that I did in conjunction with Wesleyan. That is a beautiful segue to my next question, okay. <laughs> which is, when did you start planning for your retirement? <clears throat> I knew I had to do something when I qualified, but retirement was a long way away, and it was a dirty word that you never spoke about. You knew somehow you were going to get a pension, but you didn't understand how or where or why. It's only as you sort of get into your 40s and 50s that you suddenly start to think, oh, one day I'll retire. But more importantly, you think, what will I get when I retire? Will I have enough to live on? And Wesleyan were able to work this out for me. And you realised the little bit that you put away with some 20 years earlier wasn't quite enough now with inflation. And so they introduced me to Fleetwood. Um, from that, we could calculate the pensions we could calculate any lump sums that were due. We could work out what or how it would accrue with time. Um, they could work out from that the best time to retire with the tax implications because in came lifetime allowance and nobody understood that. Certainly I did not understand that. But in a nutshell, it was why work yourself to death and pay a huge amount of tax? There is an optimal time to go, and Wesleyan will work that one out for you. When you'd gone through your planning and you'd worked out when you could retire, yes. what kind of plans did you have for your retirement? Because that obviously has an impact in how much money you'll need. So it, you'd be saying, right, I'm going to travel, I'm going to yes. put in the garden, or what, what were your... My, I had no aspirations to really do anything other than to be comfortable. I was worried about paying the bills, I'll be honest with you. I, I was worried about the pension because the pension is obviously considerably less than what you earn, but on the other hand, you spend considerably less as well. So all I wanted was enough to um, survive by. And what I needed was 
advice as to what to do with a lump sum, advice as to whether you can reduce part of your pension and, 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 and take um, an enhanced um, lump sum. Uh, I needed advice as to where, when you sell the business, what you do with the money. I mean, the banks are delighted to have your money, but honestly, the, the, the interest they give you is minuscule. And I'm so glad I went with Wesleyan. I know colleagues who didn't go with Wesleyan and were given bad advice. And they invested in their money where the value lost and were hit with massive tax bills when they retired and so have had to go back to work. And none of that was with Wesleyan. Wesleyan was above board and you earned money with them. And it was... It was it was sound advice. And it helps that your financial consultant helped you create your career up until that point. So, you know, through the process of being a business owner, and he, like, he knew who you were and what your aspirations were. So when you said one day, look, it's about time I've retired, you went, okay, I know exactly what you need and could help you from there. Absolutely. My financial consultant, um, obviously, I wasn't the first person he'd helped retire. So he knew local solicitor firms who knew about selling practices and he introduced them to me and it went like clockwork. He advised me where to um, invest the practice money on the sale. I was advised what to do with the lump sum that you get. Um, I was advised as to how much pension to take because ultimately you've worked yourself almost to the end, and you don't really want to give 40-50% tax away. Absolutely. You're helping me with my family as well. Um, I had no idea that if you were part of the Wesleyan um, family, that indeed your children also could access their help if they were doing certain professions, not necessarily dentistry. And so mine have benefited from that. Um, Wesleyan have helped them with money matters, they've helped them with their mortgages, they found out the best mortgages for them, the best investments for them, they meet with them regularly. Um, so we're literally one happy family and, and I like it because I meet my financial consultant twice a year. Yes, you get your paperwork from um, the head office that tells you what you're worth um, yes, you can go online and you can click into things and you've got a rough idea. But to be actually told X, Y, and Z, and this is the definite answer, it's a godsend. So if someone was in a similar position to you, what would be your recommendation about getting retirement and financial advice? Plan. Plan sooner rather than later. Because paying a little bit 20 years earlier is a lot better than a big rush with 10 years to go. Plan to retire fractionally earlier than what you need to do because the longer you work, the shorter your retirement period will be and so you won't be able to spend any money that you have. Good tip. Because <laughs> <laughs> what we've heard um, from some of the say, junior doctors, junior dentists is um, obviously things are tight for them. Yeah. And so sometimes they have a choice between paying into a pension scheme and basically living. So they're delaying paying into a pension. But as you just say, sometimes it's better to almost 
take the hit in inverted commas and plan and save earlier to benefit later it's crazy not to plan earlier um you i mean i started putting money away literally when the children were born with with the low cost endowments for the school fees and that helped me enormously i can remember at the time in 1979 when i qualified being employed as an oral surgeon we were paid 51 pounds a week I could have earned more working for the council at that stage. Now, of the £51, I think I spent about £10 a week at the time on school fee plans. And that absolutely killed me at the time. But after a while, you don't notice it. And it's all relative. They they, they come in when, 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 when you need the money, when they're between 11 and 18. And it pays the school fees, and it was absolutely great. And I don't think at that stage I could have afforded it had I not planned earlier. But you want the best for your children. And then, of course, there's university. Um, That's a big headache now, so you need to start planning for that. And also put a little bit away for your pension. And if you put a little bit away at the beginning, goodness me, it mounts up at the end. And that's our show for this week. Thanks to Alistair for having Neil into his home and telling us about his dental career. If you'd like to know more about Wesleyan and how we can help you with your finances, whether you're a dentist, doctor, lawyer or teacher, you can go to wesleyan.co.uk. You can also search for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, as well as on Twitter at Wesleyan, where you will find all sorts of useful content and tips about retirement and pension planning. There are also loads more episodes of the podcast to download, covering a wide variety of interesting subjects. So if you haven't already, you can subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. But that's it for now, and thanks for listening. <laughs>